Welcome to the Bootstrap Founder. My name is Avid Kahl and I talk about bootstrapping, entrepreneurship and building in public. Today, I'll talk about the lifetime of businesses and if building that forever business is really a good idea. And before that, let me thank the sponsor of today's episode. One thing that always confused me in my own businesses throughout the whole lifetime, and it still does to this day, is dealing with financials. I love writing, I love coding, I love working on stuff, but if you put me in front of a spreadsheet with a bunch of CSV files that I get from the bank and then I'll start working through them, that just confuses me. It is not for me. And fortunately, it doesn't have to be for you either if you're a founder. Enter Pinto Financial. They will streamline your bookkeeping, your forecasting, cash flow, but they don't even stop there. They take it to the next level, providing custom video-based monthly reports so that you always know where you stand. Think of them as your financial lifeline, guiding you through the choppy waters of business financial management, something that is important, but not everybody is built for. So if you're ready to navigate these waters with confidence, visit usepinto.com learn to learn more about how Pinto Financial can help you build profitably. That's usepinto.com learn. All right, let's get back to our main topic today. Back when our economy allowed most of us to eventually be able to afford a house, we developed the phrase starter home. It describes the first careful introduction to home ownership for young people. The first home, one of many, the one to get started with. A home that will be owned temporarily before the growing family moves into a bigger home because it's just necessary to move. The idea was to incrementally move towards your dream home. We even call this forever home in our family, that home you end up with in the future. And yet, most entrepreneurs don't set out to build a short-lived starter business. They are inspired by their entrepreneurial idols that they see every day, who've built companies that last for decades. That's what they choose to imitate right from the start. Many first-time founders want to build a forever business from day one. And that is a terrible mistake in the world of digital entrepreneurship. Rob Walling popularized the concept of stair-stepping, the idea of incrementally building bigger and more independent businesses by going from building on somebody else's platform to eventually running your own software business and all the little steps in between. The idea is to build enough small projects to own your time. And once you're at that point, you shoot for the bigger goals. And even then, you might need to start and exit a few software businesses until you get to the big business that you dreamt of building forever, right? The thing, the big thing that you really want to build. The important feature of this stair-stepping approach is that risk is managed effectively. It's well distributed. If one of your small business ventures doesn't work out, you can move on to the next without losing everything. If your plugin idea doesn't work for ChatGPT or WordPress, well, you come up with something new. And if your first standalone SaaS business struggles, you can put your efforts into your earlier smaller projects that are still generating revenue. It's de-risking the process. The name of this is aptly chosen, right? If you hit a challenge, you just have to take a single step back to be able to keep working. Now, contrast that with the go big or go home version of building a business, trying to build this massive business from the get-go. I call this Everesting, because it kind of feels like you try to summit these challenging peaks without ever really having climbed even a small hill in your neighborhood. Too many founders think that they have to imitate these unicorn startups to be real founders. But 
this approach involves significantly more risk. And if trying to Everest your first business fails, you stand to lose all your time and money investment and you have nothing to fall back on. That's a problem. And that forever business might come at some point, but it's much less risky to build a few temporary projects before you even get there. And these early entrepreneurial experiments will teach you a lot about how markets work and the revenue from these products will be catalysts along the way for your bigger aspirations. And you will end up building assets that are quite sellable to other founders once you outgrow these particular projects. And that definitely is more valuable than trying to do it all from the start. I'm often surprised to see how little reflection goes into projecting the inner workings of these bigger traditional businesses onto the digital realm that most software businesses and software creators operate in. For most businesses of the internet age, longevity means being operational for a couple more than maybe five years. Compare that to the world's oldest companies, like there's one called Congo Gumi, that's a Japanese construction company, and that was founded in 578 AD. That's an old company. And it's not the age difference that I care about here. I think it's a difference in speed. The construction industry certainly has seen a few changes over the last 1500 years, but we're still building dwellings for humans in roughly the same ways. Compare that to the most recent Cambrian explosion of artificial intelligence products, for example, a foundational technology that in human terms hasn't even reached a toddler age has empowered founders to create software businesses that were unthinkable a few years ago. These things just pop up every day and then they tend to vanish again. A few years ago, concierge email was all the rage, right? Remember Superhuman? Well, they found success a lot in the startup world and beyond. And then I recall like the QR code hype like eight years ago, or remember how everybody tried to stuff a blockchain into their processes? In the digital business world, these trends, they come and go extremely quickly. The window to exploit them is severely time limited. So if you were trying to build a forever business on generating QR codes, you are now looking at a world that for most parts has moved on from this idea or adapted different approaches. Doesn't mean that it wasn't a good idea back then or might not be a good idea in specific niches today, but you'll struggle to find new customers today for this great idea. Century-old construction companies, they don't have to reconsider their approach to doing their core job every few months, right? They don't have to consistently reevaluate. For these businesses, the big paradigm-shifting inventions, for power tools, or the introduction of reinforced concrete, most things outside these quantum leaps are pretty reliable for these businesses. And that's what you get in a traditional kind of business, but not on the internet. So knowing when to pivot your efforts into new technologies becomes a central part of digital entrepreneurship. And it's almost a daily exercise. And that puts an expiration date on many businesses. And it's not just those trends themselves either. As indie founders, we should keep a close eye on the incumbents in the industry we serve, the larger businesses or the ones that have been around for a longer while than we have. Peter Levels for example, is raking in $80,000 in monthly recurring revenue, running businesses on top of generative AI projects that are less than a year old. But the niche is so much bigger and bigger companies in the space have noticed. An app called Lensa implemented the same features that Peter and his fellow indie hacker, frenemy Danny Postma had built for their AI avatar products. And that app quickly made a million dollars per day 
by just having massive distribution and pre-existing access to the phones and photos of their customers. Distribution matters, and it creates this ticking time bomb for indie hackers who don't have it yet. You can't go up against Adobe and similarly sized tech companies forever, particularly when they allocate whole teams of product and development people to build a competitor to your solopreneur business. Most tech businesses really have no moat when it comes to the underlying technology, particularly as we're all building on top of other people's platforms. But indie hackers have speed on their side, which makes a formidable argument for building time-limited businesses that capitalize on your speed and the sluggish responses from incumbents in the space. So when you build on top of a novel technology, consider that you're racing against a clock and structure your business accordingly. The business you're building isn't meant to be generational. It solves a problem that exists here and now. Projects like this often need to be monetized with one-time upfront payments or at least a limited time subscription, something that allows you to monetize early because recurring revenue can become really hard to generate as those incumbents start offering similar features for free or at a much lower cost than you could ever afford. And this might be surprising in a world where every software business expert tells you to charge subscriptions to every one of your customers. But the longer I'm in the game of SaaS, the more I believe that the recurring revenue idea is more like the QR code wave than the reinforced concrete invention. It's a long-term trend, a good one, but still a trend. Customers are experiencing subscription fatigue and it's not a silver bullet, at least not anymore. It's particularly problematic in intentionally time-limited businesses that exploit the short time window between technology emergence and incumbent response. So charge upfront and stair-step your way into a business that is strong enough to serve its customer's niche to defend itself against big competitor moves. Then you can do your subscription stuff. But in the beginning, that may not be the best idea. A business doesn't have to last forever. It just has to do what it needs to do to serve its customers and its owners. And generational businesses are great, but we shouldn't ignore temporary businesses along the way. An entrepreneurial journey with many different milestones? Now that's a more interesting trip anyway. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Bootstrap Founder. You can find me on Twitter at Avidkal, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. You find my books, my Twitter course there as well. If you want to support me in the show, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, get the podcast in your podcast player of choice, and leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com founder. Any of this will help the show. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.